Yeah, I mean, well, if he, you know, doesn't want to get hit, then stay off the tracks. Um, you know, he's caught him three times there, so I think he'd learn after the first one. But if he wants to react like that, we'll take the power play, we'll take the game winner, and we'll move on to first place. We have been waiting for this one for more than two weeks, January 11th to January 29th. Those comments from Matthew Kachuk following Calgary's 4-3 win over the Oilers on Jan 11 might be the most memorable things said by a Flames player, I don't know, in years. And Zach Cassian's response that same night, pretty memorable too. And if, you, if you're going to hit like that, you have to answer the bell every once in a while. Like it's especially one, two, three in the game. He got me in the third. He followed me in the corner, right? Like he's clearly trying to target me, which I like. Like I'm standing here. I, I love that stuff. I wish we could play him in a day and a half and like a playoff series, right? Um, this is, it was fun for me. Um, we lost the game. It's sucks, but um, all in all, he's just a young punk that has to figure that aspect out in the game. It's sad he's a pretty good player, but he's, he's a to be honest, straight up. And it's, uh, he's, that's the definition of it. <laughs> he wouldn't fight me two years ago. Said I was a fourth liner, now I have 13 goals. What's the, what's the excuse now? You know yeah, I mean? 13 goals, baby. Fight me! 13 whole goals. You remember all that? Does that ring a bell? Or is that ancient history for you? Like, if you're listening right now, if you are just getting back from lunch at the office... You heard that from Kachuk. You heard that from Cassian. Does that ring a bell, Klein? Is that is that jogging your memory? Seems, yeah, a couple things starting to, to come back for from that one. It's That's a what foggy, they yeah, like. But. Everybody everybody talks about like you know uh, Steinberg does his prep and and Steinberg's got a good memory. Like those are the things that Kershaw always say. Ah, well, nobody's more prepped than Pat. Uh, he's a nerd, but uh, nobody's more prepared. Uh, that's that that's. I did a deep dive. I I tried to jog right. memories about the ancient history of <laughs> the Flames and Oilers from January 11th. Of course, we all remember that. Uh, it was as fun a Saturday night as I have ever been a part of. It was as memorable a game that I have ever covered doing this job for the last decade. Like, when I think about it, I have, not a lot, but I've covered some playoff games. You know, like I... I, I remember vividly game two against Colorado where they won in overtime. And I remember vividly game three against Anaheim from a number of years ago. I guess it'd be four years ago now where the Flames blew that 4-1 lead and lost in overtime. I uh, remember the game six against Vancouver where Stajan won the game late in the third period. Like These are all memorable nights, but... I don't know if any of them will top January 11th when the Flames and the Oilers went head-to-head and Zach Cassian ragdolled Matthew Kachuk and the the Battle of Alberta was kind of rebirthed right in front of our very eyes. I don't know what to expect tonight, Mr. Klein. I really don't know what we're going to get from the two guys. I don't know what we're going to get from the other kind of central figures from a shenanigans standpoint, the Luciches, the Ronaldos, the Nurses. like I, I don't know what to expect from this game tonight, but I don't really care. I don't, I don't care if it fails to meet the hype or doesn't live up to anticipation. It probably won't. It's going to be tough to top January 11th. I don't care about that stuff. I just care that we are amped up for two games between Calgary and Edmonton. I'm just happy about the fact that these two teams are separated by one point in the standings, that these two games tonight and Saturday mean an immense amount to both sides, and that there is a 
an actual distaste and almost hatred between these two sides. That's what I care about. Whether or not we get Cassian blowing his uh, blowing his stack once again, or if we get Kachuk trying to get under the skin of Cassian once again, I don't care about that stuff as much as the fact that these are just two really important games that set up to be extremely entertaining, regardless if the score settling truly plays into the conversation or not. Yeah, I mean, I even if this isn't as violent or whatever as it was back January 11th, I'm just excited that we have fun hockey to be talking about. We're like a month removed from three games in eight days against Minnesota. So I am stoked that we got this tonight. I, I'm fired up. I, I don't I don't think it can live up to the hype just because there's been so much of it. It built up a whole lot during that week. Kind of cools off a bit during the break, but now everything's been rekindled tonight. I think it's going to be a very passionate game. I think you're going to have a lot of people comparing the atmosphere to that of a playoff game. I'm really excited for this game tonight. I think it's going to be some high-quality hockey, and I think it's going to be some high-intensity hockey as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it better be. Right now, yeah. the two sides are separated by one point. Right now, the Oilers are in the driver's seat or in a better driver's seat compared to compared to the Flames. Two games in hand for Edmonton with one point separating them. It's a better spot for Edmonton than it is for Calgary. It is. Mm -hmm. So if you're the Flames, change that narrative. Win these two games, and now all of a sudden you're back in the luxury seat and the Oilers are riding the the used economy vehicle. Like You know what I'm saying? Like This is an opportunity for the Flames to really do some damage to Edmonton's situation. Not only that, but obviously put themselves in a better spot too. Like I, These are important games, yep. and they are games that... We are, I can't remember anticipation for a regular season game like this, really, ever. Because even going into the Jan 11 game at the Scotiabank Saddledome, after the Flames tuned up the Oilers in Edmonton on December 27th, like, yeah, you were hyped up for it. It was important these two teams were fighting for playoff spots in the Pacific Division, but it wasn't as anticipated as this. I've been, I've been hosting games for... Geez, I don't know how many years, whatever, since 2013, and I've been doing overtime and, and covering the team full-time for more than a decade. I can't remember being more fired up for a regular season game than I am for tonight and than I am for Saturday night. Yeah, I, I certainly can't remember a time. This is, as far as regular season goes, it's been a long time since there's been this kind of a build. And even if you, you just take the two cities out of it and just look at where they are in the standings and how important this is, where a loss and by the end of the night, the Flames could fall from second down to fourth. This is a hugely important game in terms of standings. And then you add everything on top of it. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. At least I'm hoping it's going to be uh, a lot of but fun. But again, tonight. like we're, we're I don't even... see how it won't be no. fun, even if it is a one nothing boring hockey game. It's still the intensity of the the situation, and right? and the fact that we're going to be talking about it all day. It's going to be a fun day. It's yes. almost like the it's almost like what happens on the ice. Like yeah, what happens on the ice happens on the ice. But give me more Flames Oilers, and this could be a boring zero zero tie with a twelve round scoreless shootout that's won by an accident. <laughs> like that, that, that could be what we see. I will still be fired up and counting down the hours until Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. That's, that's what gets me hyped up about all of this is that it doesn't really matter if it quote unquote lives up to the hype or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This is fun. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah. And it's just, 
this is what rivalries are supposed to be. They're supposed to be trash talk. They're supposed to be a little bit of animosity. This is this is what sports is kind of supposed to be all about. It's a, a bit of a distraction, and it, yeah, it's just. It's just fun, and it's just a blast. And we've had a lot of not fun discussions, uh, even just in my time since I hopped on with you guys in November. It's been a weird few months with, with things going on around the Flames. There's been very little normal with this Calgary team, but today we just get to bask in a bit of hatred, and there's trash talk on the text line, and there's trash talk in the media for some reason. It's just fun, and it's a blast, and I love every second of it. On the text line, 960960. Luke writes, how many clever and hilarious Oilers fans will be wearing turtle costumes tonight? <laughs> Probably a few. To varying degrees of both cleverness and hilarity. Now, if you have like a full-on Raphael or Michelangelo yeah, that's Ninja the only Turtles way to go. costume, that's like, the only okay, way to go. like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Mm. If you're pulling out like a Franklin, I'm, I'm not here. No, you know what? Franklin, I'll, uh, but if you're just going to like... You know, half-ass it. And yeah, here's a green shirt a with green a couple shirt. lines drawn on it. Right. <laughs> you can do better than that. But if you go full-on yeah, Franklin, like, let's go. Yeah. Like an actual, you went out of your way to buy this Halloween costume. I would appreciate that. You know, Pat, Scheduler's got it right in putting these Battle of Alberta games all mid-end of season. Even if the hype of Kachuk and Cassian doesn't live up, it'll still be a great game and battle for very important points and playoff spot implications. Can't wait. Uh, what else we got at 960-960? This has clearly shown us what is wrong with the league. When there's no hatred, there's no emotion, and subsequently there's a cap on how exciting it can be. This is great for the game, which is supposed to be sports entertainment. What else we got at 960-960? Um, did somebody say shenanigans? Yeah. Shenanigans! <laughs> and finally... 13 goals, damn right. He's not a fourth liner. Guess that point doesn't need to be discussed with Kachuk and his 38 points. They're way too valuable to be fighting. So there's a little bit on okay. the text line yeah. at 960-960. Look, I get it has not been the season for Matthew Kachuk. I don't think you can argue even a little bit that there's any type of equating the impact of Zach Cassian to what Matthew Kachuk brings to the Flames. Um if they do dress up as a turtle, they are technically trying to dress up as Chucky, just more friends on the friendship tour. <laughs> like that. Fair enough. Um, get excited all you want, boys. It's going to be penalty after penalty. They, they'll be called even uh, and will be one of the most boring games ever watched. Well, you are an absolute wow. party pooper. Please never text again, 3190. <laughs> yeah. Why we do you got to rain all over? We hate you. <laughs> I don't use that word lightly. No. I don't know who you are. You could have cured multiple diseases, but I hate you. <laughs> I don't actually hate you, but that is a little bit of a downer. Text. Yeah, I'm um, feeling good. Here's feel Matthew good Kachuk. You ready to hear from him? I am. Let's hear from him. This is Matthew Kachuk this morning at Rogers Place in Edmonton. I would suggest that what you're about to hear, none of it in the next three minutes and 21 seconds, is going to surprise you all that much. Yeah, you said it. This is... Uh... You know, a building we had success in earlier, I think last month. And uh, if we play the same way we did then, I, I mean, I, I like the way we, um, you know, I like our chances because um, when we came in here last time, we played a really smart game and uh, we took away their, you know, their two top guys as well as we maybe could have. And um, But, you know, those guys are really hard to contain over there, especially those, you know, those top two. So, um you know, they've got two of the best players in the world, so we just got to make sure that um, we take away them. They're kind of their engine of their team. And so um, just play smart, play above them, make them come through a bunch of guys, and, um, you know, we'll see uh, 
hopefully we can we can pull through again. Well, Matthew, uh, you've answered a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks about uh, what occurred between you and Matt Cassian. How aware do you need to be of, of when he is on the ice and how do you approach this game with so many eyes on on both teams and specifically the two of you? Well, I, I don't I don't know how, who's watching. I don't know how many people are watching. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's the same as any other game against Edmonton, the two cities. You know, this is the game that they wait for. You know, these are big games. And, um, you know, just being around the, um, Calgary, there's a, a lot of buzz about uh, the Battle of Alberta. There always has been. So um, I expect nothing different than, than the, um, you know, the probably the 12 times I've played against in my career. Both cities get up. There'll be a lot of Flames fans here, too. They travel well. And um, it's going to be a, a lot of energy in the building, I'm sure. Do you feel you have anything to quote-unquote answer for that there's some code that exists that says you have to do this or the other thing tonight? Uh, I just I go in every game trying to trying to go and and do it honestly whatever it, I can to to make sure my team wins. So the rest is up for you guys to talk about. What was the weekend like? Uh, There's a lot kind of made of uh, Leon and Connor and you, but it seemed like everyone sort of got along. Have you said that it's it's back to business tonight? So that was kind of pleasure, and, and this is business. Is that the way? Uh, I'm not asking you to speak for those guys, but the way you approach it. Well, I think when you go into a weekend like that, you you know whatever's going on in the season, whether you're first place, last place, um, fight for playoffs out of it, whatever you kind of put all that to all that to the side, and, and you just enjoy um, kind of each other's company and being around the best players in the world. And I had a blast. I'm, I mean, you'd have to ask them, but I'm sure they had a good time. St. Louis put on a great event for us, and um, being around you know those two, but um, not only those two, but the rest of the the All Stars and especially guys in our division that we have you know battles against, whether it's you know the LA's or Vegas's or um, you know teams like that Vancouver's it's a lot of those guys most of them or honestly all of them were really good guys and uh, um, I enjoyed being around them and, and um, it was a privilege to play with some of them because they're the best players in the world Are you expecting any kind of extracurricular stuff in a game like this just to kind of go into it? Um, I, I don't think so I think two teams just need this need this win so I think that's the that's the focus for both teams Matt, Some might important. say you have a target on your back heading into tonight's game do you enjoy uh, having that role or being kind of in that spotlight heading uh, into a game like this? I don't I don't know what a target on your back means, but I, I know from my perspective I'm going in um, to do everything I can to help make sure my team wins, and um, we're just trying to make sure that this happens because we need the points right now more than ever. There you go. Matthew Kachuk, are you really surprised? Did, did he? There's no bulletin board material there. No. No, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's... That's one of the smartest human beings I've ever encountered in hockey, the oh, dude. Yeah. The dude is so bright; it's crazy. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is as calculated as it, as it comes. He knows exactly what he's doing. So, of course, he's not going to say anything inflammatory ahead of tonight's game. No, no, he, he's he is very well aware of all the situations. You, you listen to him break down different situations out on the ice, and it's this guy thinks this game at a different level. He knows the intensity of tonight, and he knows that a lot of it is centered around stuff that he did. He's not going to add any extra fire to that, at least pregame. I'm imagining he's going to be very Matthew Kachuk during the game and hope to catch the Oilers in the same situation that he did in the last one where he gives the Flames a power play opportunity. Uh, by the way, a power play that went through for four last night. So I, I think Matthew Kachuk's going to be very Matthew Kachuk tonight, but he is not going to give them anything extra to put up on a bill, bulletin board today. Puck drop, 
8 o'clock, oh, we're on the wait. air, 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. He's Klein. I'm Steinberg. This is the Steinberg Show brought to you by 5th Avenue Auto House on 16th Avenue and Barlow Trail Northeast. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. And look who I lassoed. In just a few seconds, our weekly Calgary Roughneck segment. And back from Australia is uh, the one and only Jeff Snyder. Hi, Snides. Oh, when did when did this when did this Patrick stuff come up? Are you like a, I don't know. That's a cursing. It's really? such a he's. I'm gonna call him Patrick. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm back, like, baby. I don't Let's write go. the stuff, so Let's go back. Jeffrey. Right. Patrick. Let's do it. Um you were in Oz at the same time Pinder was in Oz. You were like within kilometers of one another, and yet you did not your spheres of influence did not overlap, eh? No. Um, you know, I was there doing my thing. It was fun. Um, awesome trip. I don't know if people have been there. I got a nine hundred and twenty dollar photo radar ticket. How about that? Holy. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't pay. <laughs> that, that screams don't pay. I paid it. God, I paid you it. You paid it. Oh, man. Like, I can't. Do, yeah. they have the, do they have the, like, in, in the UK and Ireland and even Germany, they got, like, every mile there's cameras. Man. Is that what it was like? No. Was, I think it was, a, like, there was a, um, it was, like, a turning lane construction zone. It was, like, 100 down to a 60 back up to a 100K. And you just blew through And it. I, I just, I, it, when you're driving on the wrong side of the road, I'm just, like, but well, the, the the when you're driving on the left side of the road, I shouldn't say it's wrong. No, it's the wrong side of the road. Um, you're more focused on not dying than one hundred percent necessarily. So I'm just keeping up with traffic, doing my thing, and I got this ticket in the mail, and I I, I sent a text to one of my buddies over there, and he's like, they're like, mate, um, you would have lost your license in Australia had you got that speeding ticket, and you were from Australia. So I'm just happy to still have my license, and again, it was innocent, but. 920 uh, Australian dollars. Yeah, it was a big one. That's Photo a, radar. Come on. That's a, that's a steep price to pay. Oh. I, I would not have paid that. Right? Lie. So, yeah. That's, You're a better man than I. That's all I have to tell you from my trip. Was that? Uh, well, it's good to have you back. And uh, let's talk back. some Calgary Roughnecks. In Do just it. a second, we're going to hook up with Tyler Pace of the Roughnecks, a former University of Denver product. You got We've it. And another University of Denver product in Jeff Snyder Absolutely. here. Um, so... A couple of things that you need to know about the Roughnecks. Uh, they're back in action on February 8th, so not this weekend, but next weekend, at home to the New York Riptide. That's a 7.30 face-off at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Roughnecks are 2-4 and four on the season. They fell 15-12 to the uh, Halifax Thunderbirds over the weekend. So it's not been a great start to the season for the Roughnecks, 2-4 and four on the year. Yeah, they're missing Dane. Um, you know, a couple of those games, one-goal games, um, you know, that could go kind of either way. Um, you know, and then you've got... Uh, uh, you know, you've got situations where, you know, they were up 4-1, um, you know, they struggled uh, to hang on to that lead, um, you know, it ended up, uh, you know, the, and that Halifax team is, is you know, firing all cylinders, and, and watching them get behind like that, and then, and then pounding back, they had like a set, they had like a nine goal, yep. a nine goal third quarter, which is insanity, and then, uh, um, you know, seven straight, so it, they're a deep team, they're a powerful team, and, and it's growing pains to the Roughnecks, I think we, you know, we, we take, you know, whenever you have a championship team the year before, you know, you've got to reevaluate and you've, you've got to, you know, redefine yourself again. There's movement, there's different guys. They lost captain Dan McRae, who will be back in two weeks, you know, with, um, with New York and, you know, you go through that growing process again. So I'm, I'm confident they're going to get Dane back in the next uh, yep. two games here. So I think he's got one more and, and, um, you know, he'll be a big impact. I'm sure he'll be chomping at the bit and, and that'll give that group some life and, um, this little bit of adversity is, is you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's a, a positive thing for them 
you know, moving into the better, you know, and moving in the second half of, uh, of the season. So it is our weekly Calgary Roughnecks feature. Again, back in action February 8th against New York, 7.30 at the Scotiabank Saddle. Now, my name is Pat Steinberg. We've got Jeff Snyder, former University of Denver product, and we welcome in our featured guest this afternoon. Tyler Pace is a Calgary Roughnecks forward, 11 points in four games so far this season. First round pick back in 2017, and another proud alum of the University of Denver. Tyler, thanks for doing this, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. And I'm going to let you and uh, Snyder here talk about your time in Denver in just a couple of minutes. So I'll ask the boring questions and then you guys can go into that. But first of all, just give us uh, some thoughts over the weekend. Tough loss to Halifax at home. Uh, just your evaluation of what we saw on Saturday night. Um, I mean, we ran into a good team. They're now 6-0, and came into the game 5-0. and So they're, they're talented. Um, you know, they've got new market in, in Halifax there. So they're playing, uh, to me, it's similar to how Saskatchewan was when they moved from Edmonton. It seems like a similar sort of vibe that they have going uh, there. Um, so they, they seem to have their whole market behind them and they're playing with confidence. Their goalie's playing well. They've got good defense, good leadership. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat down the road. Um, and we just ran into them, you know, when we're trying to get up, get out of a slump here. Two and four is the record on the year. How would you overall evaluate what we've seen so far from the next? Um, I think I think we've seen some positive things. Obviously, guys in and out of the lineup. You know, having Dane go out for five games now, and um, Jesse go down the way that he did, and then bringing in new guys and having some young guys in the lineup. I think you know, even though we brought back a majority of the team from last year there's still a lot of new faces in the lineup uh, from week to week. So guys are still building that chemistry and starting to work together. And realistically we're two and four, but we still have a chance to win the West. So we're, we're not, it's not like we're dead in the water. Yeah. Well, and, and tell us about you. It's a good start to your season, 11 points in four games, your third year in the NLL. How comfortable are you feeling now that this is starting to become a little bit more regular for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, first year, obviously you, you try to just get a feel for what everything's about. And then, and then last year, obviously we, you know, we won the championship. So that's a pretty good way to, to have your sophomore season end. Um, and I kind of left that season, you know, I felt I had a pretty good season, but I'm always one to try to improve upon past mistakes and, and try to just get better each and every game. And, and obviously each and every year, and I feel that this year, you know, I'm playing with a little bit more confidence than maybe I ever have. And, and it's, you know, hopefully going to start to show a little bit more on the floor. Okay. In conversation with Calgary Roughnecks forward, Tyler Pace. He is a University of Denver product. Jeff Snyder is with us, former Calgary Roughneck, former University of Denver product. Mr. Snyder. Well, I guess I owe Tyler an apology first. Like, I can't imagine having to, you know, put that program back together after uh, me being there pacer. So you guys did a great job of uh, bringing that thing back together after uh, we left it in such ruin. So congratulations on, uh, on a monumental task of pulling that together. And, and ultimately Pat, Pat won a, uh, or sorry, uh, pacer won a NCAA division one championship for the first time at, uh, at Denver as well. So I don't know if a lot of people know about that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, obviously we had a good team, but I think the way that coach Tierney and coach Brown, have sort of structured their program and the way that the culture is there. Um, it, it's no longer just the schools out East that people want to go to the highly touted recruits are now 
looking at Denver as, as sort of the place to be if you want to play college lacrosse and, and compete for a championship. That was a subtle jab at I, I wasn't a high-profile recruit. I agree with you, Tyler, so I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's true. That program has, has come a real long way. And, man, is there, is there a better place in the world to be? I think a lot of people from Calgary for, you know, who haven't been to Denver – um, you know, very similar cities, unbelievable program. And man, I, uh, I don't know if you felt the same way, Tyler, but I felt really fortunate to be there and, and had an unbelievable time. And, um, you know, there was times when I was kind of walking around the campus being like, I can't believe I get to play lacrosse and, and, uh, and go to school here. So I'm not sure. Did you, uh, uh, did you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's my favorite place. Um, other than Vancouver, which has just always been home to me, Denver, Denver is, is probably my favorite place in the world. Um, you know, obviously winning a championship there was great, but it's a small school. Um, there's no football, no football team. The basketball team plays in, uh, you know, a smaller division. So they're not as, I guess, popular on campus. So it was really the hockey team was the top dogs and then the lacrosse team kind of fell in behind them. So, so we were like small time celebrities at Denver, which was pretty cool. Um, 300 days of sun they get every year so you know it snows in the morning and then you know you're wearing sweatpants to school and then it's sunny and, and warm in the afternoon and you got to change into shorts and stuff so it, it's a great place to be the the city you know rallies around their sports just like most american cities do but um in denver it, it's very cool and lacrosse is one of those sports there that's just growing out of control um so everybody kind of rallied around us uh, especially in 2015 when when we were fortunate enough to win that championship oh that was awesome man watching you guys do that especially as a as an alumni it was a little different when you know we were there i was there 03 to 06 and my final year had the had the stadium built and you know uh being you know kind of uh, you know uh, just falling under that hockey team as as celebrities that must have been fun because i certainly didn't experience that there was uh a lot of you know, we, uh, we, we had, uh, you know, we had our work cut out for us, certainly, uh, you know, on campus and, and, uh, you know, it was awesome to see you guys as a, as an alumni, um, you know, pull that thing together. And, and, uh, you know, I think it really, you know, united the group, you know, around what uh, coach Tierney did with the program. And then ultimately what you guys did, uh, you know, winning that championship, it was incredible to watch. So, um, what's your take on, uh, you know, you had a great start last game. I think you scored the first two goals of the game. Um, you know, another, uh, I think your, your third, uh, you know, probably, uh, I, I think Warren Hill probably would have wanted back. Um, but man, I thought you had an excellent game and I, and, you know, uh, touch on, uh, you know, maybe how you're, you're, you know, coming out of, out of college lacrosse and into, into the pro ranks, we're starting to see more guys kind of do that. What's your, uh, what's your biggest transition coming out of, you know, university lacrosse and, and, uh, and getting into the pro leagues. What's your take on, on, on what that transition looks like? Well, I think you know, growing up, you're, you know, you're, you're sort of the top guy on your team. So you go to the, you go to the university and then, and then I was fortunate enough to, to play a lot of my time at Denver. So I was one of the top guys on my team on, on one of the top teams in the country. And then, and then you get to the NLL and everybody was that, you know, everybody was the top dog on their respective teams. So the competitive level in the NLL is, is unmatched in my opinion. You know, it's a small league. There's not that many guys in the league, so everybody's good. Um, everybody's got something, some great quality about them, whether it's their transition game, their stick skills, you know, their defensive ability, whatever it might be, everybody's good. So, so that sort of competitive nature and, and trying to compete against the best in the world is, is definitely the biggest transition that I've, I've had to make. 
That's awesome, man. It's, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's uh, even more so, I think we're starting to see more and more, um, you know, obviously in, in the West Coast, um, you, you know, we run a program out West and, and uh, you know, with us, we see a lot of kids that are that are transferring now from the NCAA and, and uh, you know, moving into the professional ranks. It's just, it's, it's really interesting to get your take on, on uh, you know, the NCAA and, and how that, how that transitions. Do you find that, uh, um, you know, do you, do you find yourself, uh, you know, missing your time at, uh, at DU spending, uh, you know, hanging out at class, doing your thing, going to practice, you know, being in the real world now, what's, uh, what's your, what's your day to day like? For sure. I thought, you know, when I was at Denver, just like any school for me growing up, it was sort of like, Oh, I can't wait for this to be done. You know, three hour practices. It's like, man, I'm getting kind of sick of this, but now that I'm, uh, you know, trying to adult, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I feel that, you know, sometimes maybe I take it for granted and, and I wish that I could, could go back to those days and, you know, grind through class and get those three hour practices in and hang out with my buddies every day. It was, it was a lot of fun to be there and, and be a part of something like that. Um, but, but now it's, you know, onto the new chapter and, and I'm fortunate enough to continue doing lacrosse, um, doing what I love to do all the time. I, I actually run a program here in BC, um, you know, nothing like Elevate, but we're, we're hoping to get there one day. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm around lacrosse all the time. I'm, I'm trying to help kids get to that next level, get to the NCAA and then, and then potentially play pro lacrosse one day. Uh, from what I'm hearing, you're doing just fine pacers. So keep that up, man. It's uh, it's an important job. With, uh, Tyler pace of the Calgary roughnecks, it's pro caliber lacrosse. That's uh, that's your program in Vancouver, right? That's correct. Yep. So tell us a little bit more about it. Sure. So, um, you know, what we do, we basically try to get players to, to come and play for the program, obviously. And we go to uh, recruiting tournaments down in the States, which, you know, if you're not, if you're not going to those tournaments, chances are you're not going to be seen by, by college coaches. So we try to get kids down there as much as possible. Um, we also host our own recruiting tournament here every year. Um, the University of Denver has come up every year and, and run a camp on our behalf as well. So it's been cool to, to see the participation with the NCAA and, and seeing how coaches are starting to contact us and our players. Um, and, and so far in three years of the program, we've had 22 uh, NCAA scholarships awarded to, to some of our guys. So um, it, it's a pretty cool experience to see the hard work that the kids put in, you know, result in something that they've sort of dreamt of. Um, and, and I'm happy to be a part of that. Um, but you know, a lot of it goes into, or comes back to, to who our coaches are. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's my program, but we've got guys like Curtis Dixon and Ryland Reese and Wesley Berg and Christian Del Bianco who are coaching these kids. Um, you know, which is something that they probably wouldn't get to experience. Otherwise, some of the best lacrosse players in the world, maybe some of the best players to ever play, um, are coaching, you know, sometimes kids that are 12 years old. And if I had that opportunity when I was 12, you know, I sure would have loved it. Very cool. Um, and just before we let you go, I, I do have to get a little, because, you know, Tyler, you gave us a little bit. You're like, yeah, I'm a small-time small celebrity at the University of Denver. So take it from a guy that was was has never been a small-time celebrity and uh, didn't really get to live the big man on campus life in college. I was like 112 pounds and wore glasses that were too big for my face. It was a different college experience. So I need, I need like, give me a, ta- like, tell me about, 
Tell me about being at a big-time U.S. college, being on campus, being an athlete. I need a little bit more about what that camp is like. Tell me about the parties. Tell me what is what is being a <laughs> Div 1 athlete actually mean being on campus? Oh, man. Sure. Uh, so, you know, when I did become of legal drinking age, uh, we we had our local watering hole, uh, Crimson and Gold, C&G. Um, there's a, there's a mural of Mark Matthews, you know, painted on the side of it. Yep. So, you know, there's DU lacrosse helmets inside. And, and so whenever we would show up to that place, first of all, it was rammed and, and, and people were kind of there to, to be around us. Um, sometimes there was some jealous feuds that went on. Um, you know, <laughs> sometimes it was just a lot of fun, but, um, it was always a good experience to go there. And, and really whenever we went out, on campus, we, we sort of, you know, coach Tierney sort of set the standard that like people, people are watching you no matter where you are, what you're doing. So you always kind of kind of be on your best behavior. Um, and, and obviously there were times where that wasn't the case. Um, but <laughs> you know, um, it, it was, it was very cool, but it was, it was nice to have that opportunity there to now be prepared for, you know, the NLL and, and what that's like, because, you know, we, we would sell out our stadium. People would come, you know, pay, pay their well-earned money to watch us play. And it's, it's very much the same in the NLL. So understanding, having that understanding of, you know, people are always watching you and, and, you know, girls are going to, you know, want to do this and guys are going to be jealous and want you to do this with them and whatever it might be. Um, it, it's very much the same now in the NLL. Um, you know, we would travel and we would wear our suits on the plane and people would know, you know, who we were. They would say, oh, you're the Denver lacrosse team. You know, good luck this weekend at your game. And now it's the same. We go on our plane. We're in our Calgary Roughnecks gear. And they say, oh, you know, good luck in your game this weekend. Yeah. Um, so so that, you know, that experience was good. Um, but, you know, the party life was, it was fun. Um, my sophomore year, the year we won, actually, there were, there was a duplex, um, a really nice, like, newly renovated, newly built, um, duplex and on one side of the duplex it was myself with uh, four other teammates and then on the other side of the duplex was Wesley Berg with four of his uh, roommates so you know it it was we called it the compound and there were some fun nights there um, and then after after we won obviously it was uh, it was a lot of fun and we ended up actually getting evicted from that place so <laughs> you, you can only imagine you can only imagine what the what the celebration parties were like after after we won that. That see, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly what those uh, you you, you uh, let me live vicariously through you very well. That was awesome. Good stuff, Tyler. <laughs> uh, appreciate the time and good luck on February eighth against New York. Thanks for doing this today. Thanks a lot for having me. That's Tyler Pace of the Calgary Roughnecks, former uh, University of Denver guy. Yeah, you know what? I I gotta I gotta I, I didn't interrupt, but we were the original compound. So we had <laughs> we had four of us living in a house, and 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 then there was another four guys living on the opposite side. I think that name is stuck. So I'm quite proud of that. I think we were the so original. So you you were the because you you were right near the beginning of the University of Denver's lacrosse program, right? Uh, no, it had been around for um, for a long time, um, and it just it was club originally, and then it transitioned into Division One, and I was on the front end of. Um, uh, our team um, cracked the NCAA tournament for the first time. So, okay. in in NCAA cross recruiting, you know Tyler makes a great point that 
Um, you know, once programs develop more prestige, it's, you know, the whole recruiting game is a big thing. You need a stadium, you need facilities. And that's why, you know, when you don't have a football team or a basketball team, those, those programs generate a lot of revenue. So you get a lot of the, you know, the better facilities use Ohio state as an example, or Florida, or, you know, these big programs that, that have massive budgets and can build all these spectacular facilities. You start to see, you know, Duke, like Duke lacrosse was a heavy hitter for a while, Virginia, Maryland you know, all of these, all these programs. And now that there's more money coming into these teams and these, and these, um, you know, these institutions, Denver's big draw is that, you know, their facility is one of the only lacrosse only facilities in, in North America. Yeah. So, you know, the women's lacrosse team plays there, the men's lacrosse team plays there and that's, that's it. it. And it's your facility. And so, um, you know, it was the Peter Barton lacrosse stadium. Peter Barton lost a battle with cancer, um, you know, right before, um, I graduated and his, his, um, you know, he, he endowed, I think it was close to $7 million to that facility to get it off the ground. And Jamie Monroe did a great job raising all the other money. And, you know, we had, I was fortunate enough to play in that stadium for, you know, they finished, it was being built my junior year and then completed my senior year. So it was pretty cool to play in that, but now it's gone to a whole nother level. So you see that, that Denver program and, and their prestige is, is climbing because the facilities there are just spectacular and they've done a really good job with the, the recruiting and, and pulling in top talent from around North America. How was, uh, how was the Jeff Snyder compound? It? <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was, man, it, it's actually just, it was totally disgusting. That's what Peter it just said hazmat. Yeah, no, and and that's the one thing in college. Like, I think that you know, I think you you kind of go through. You start to actually care about like where you live and taking care of your things, and you know, because you're in college and the place is just a disaster. And and uh, yeah, we, I I never was evicted, but um, our place was, uh, yeah, it was it was disgusting at the best of times. But that's you know, that's that's college life, man. That's how she rolls. Uh, tell us about what's happening at Elevate, my man. Oh, it's been uh, it's been catch up um, for me. Um, you know, it took a little time and and uh, and was grateful for our team. Our team's done such a great job. We've got a, a, a killer program going on right now. Our winter training program. Um, you know, there's uh, there's lots of participants. You get great coaching. There's guys from all over the NLL that are out working with us. And and um, you know, I got to give a credit to to Bob. Um, you know, he's he's on the road playing with Vancouver, but he's back in town here. You know, running all the sessions and um, you know doing all the uh, you know all the stuff that we. You know, we normally do and love. We're in the classroom. The classroom lacrosse program's rolling again. Um, you know, we're very grateful for the Calgary Roughnecks being a sponsor of that program. It's awesome. Um, the kids that participate in it get uh, two tickets to a game, so they get to go check it out. Um, and, um, you know, that's continually kind of a work in progress with that relationship, but we're fine tuning it. And, um, we couldn't be more grateful to have them on board as a presenting sponsor of that program, which is cool. So last year we introduced the sport to close to 33,000 kids. And, and this year we're Good for you, you know, looking to do some of the same, which is fantastic. The sport's growing registrations coming up here right away for all of the minor associations, which is great. So, um, you know, if you want to get involved in the sport, um, you know, we're certainly a resource for you. If you want to reach out and, and, uh, ask some questions, we're happy to take them on and point you in the right direction and get you involved in the game here in the city. ElevateLacrosse.com is the website. Thanks, Snides. Good to have you back on this side of the this side of the world. Get my feet wet again here. We'll see you next week, I guess. Uh, yes, you sure will. Let's do it. Uh, it's Jeff Snyder from Elevate Lacrosse. Tyler Pace of the Calgary Roughnecks joined us as well. Don't forget that our citywide 50-50 for kids sport, uh, along with our partners at OPA of Greece, continues. If you'd like to buy a 50-50 ticket, you can do it on our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. We're trying to raise as much as we can for kids sport in their 25th anniversary in the city. I know you do lots of work with uh, with kids sport as well so uh that's that's guys. pretty cool love they're, them yeah they're they're you know they're brian burke said one thing that um you know he knows that the you know our, our economy is where it is but that doesn't change the needs of kids and and uh you know i couldn't be more proud to be involved as an ambassador with that organization and man they're doing big things in sport 
you know, if you haven't seen their latest campaign, they did a wonderful job on it. I urge you to get on their website and check it out. But, you know, just developing good people through sport and allowing, you know, all kids, uh, regardless of, of, you know, financial barriers yep. to be able to participate is huge. So it's awesome you guys are doing that. If you'd like to help out, it's a $5 ticket. You can do it whenever we're live on location at OPA. When we're not, go to sportsnet.ca slash 960 for the link on how you can purchase online. It's with KidSport and it's our friends at OPA of Greece. Well, we've got the Battle of Alberta primed and ready to go. That's our hit record today. And that's uh, that's what we're spinning to kick off Pinder and Steinberg, which is around the corner. That'll do it for the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.